And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning into another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. What? Is this the regular podcast? This is. This this is the one where you can't say the bad words. Okay. Yeah, good. Because I wasn't thinking it was. Okay. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) I'm Missy. (laughs) A little clueless, but now I'm all caught up. Yep. We do the the kid-friendly show first, and then we follow with a late show. But we did the other one, and we never did the second. So I was thinking we were going to start with that and then go. But we only have so much time because I got a cake in the oven. mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and Okay. We're going to get started here. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's all right. So yeah. So there is a long podcast out there uh, we recorded one and then um, yeah. I had a couple of crazy days at work and I just didn't have a chance to upload it now it's kind of dated so who knows maybe it'll show up at Christmas or something uh, just as a little bonus podcast but oh, okay we are, I yeah I know I'm sorry well that's why I didn't tell you here's the link to the podcast because I I thought you just forgot because you always forget anyway. I never. No, I don't always you, forget. You generally forget to I, tell me. I, oh, forget to tell you, not forget to upload it. Yes, you generally forget to tell me or give me the link. <laughs> well, if you subscribe, then you would you would know automatically. You You're should right. subscribe to our own podcast. I, I don't think. I don't think I subscribe to any podcast. <laughs> well, you should subscribe to ours. I don't think I could ever listen. I never liked to listen to talk radio. I don't. And it was really funny because I did talk radio. I couldn't listen to myself on the radio. I've never been able to listen to myself. I hate having to do air checks. It'd be but, weird. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. It was a that was a couple of you know a couple of fun couple of years doing that with all the different. I do like looking at myself on YouTube. I'll I'll play the videos back. I just want to have the sound on. I'll just look at my beard. I just do that. <laughs> it's like that was a joke. It's like a you line. Can laugh a little bit harder. There's a line from the Counting Crows. Like I want to see me staring right, right back, back at, at me, me when he's yes. watching TV. I'm just like I think that would just be weird. Plus, you know, when I hear myself when we're recorded, right? I don't. I hear my sister. Okay. It's. I guess my sister must you're, sound. You're in, yeah. You're, yeah. Because you hear your yourself differently. Sound, right. Your your head sound is totally different from your recorded sound. I didn't realize that until I was a teenager, and I was like, "Wow, my voice is really deep." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Dang." So yeah, it was really weird. Well, hopefully you have had a good week. Hopefully you're not uh, quarantined yet because of the uh, coronavirus. Um, you were almost quarantined. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. So it was uh, this past Sunday that we learned that there was a uh, individual who had attended CPAC who was diagnosed with COVID-19, and apparently this guy got around because uh, Ted Cruz is now in self-quarantine. Representative Paul Gozer is in self-quarantine. Uh, this guy apparently had a VIP pass that allowed him to do a lot of meet and greets and shake a lot of hands and oh, say hello dear. to a lot of people. Oh, dear. So uh, they were all about washing hands and, and, and hopefully, hand sanitizer. All as day as long far as we too. know, there have not been any reported cases of anybody attending CPAC who caught this from this guy. Yeah, and, and it's um, been like it's been a while. It's been a week, a little you bit were, more than a week. I was you were there. Concerned. I was concerned because when I got home, you had a I got home Saturday, and then that Monday. Uh, yeah, I started getting a, a head cold. Yeah. And so for, you know, first couple of days, you're like, okay, what is this? What is this? Because the symptoms are of COVID-19, um, a fever, sort of a dry, hacky cough, and then uh, muscle and joint ache. And just exhaustion. And exhaustion, right. Um, so I never had the fever. Right, no. Had a little bit of sore throat. Had you like, had more sinus thing than yeah, cough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's I, did, I, I do not have COVID-19. I have the CPAC crud, which, uh, 
you know, does happen. You all right? You're closing the window. It's little little breezy. It's a little tricky. It's Here, little hang on stuck. one second. I'll get it. Thank you. All right. I uh, through the magic of radio. Ooh, I've closed the window and we're back. Yes. Uh, so it was anyway. getting really breezy out, and it was like blowing right into my my right into my ear on this one side. Of my head. I can actually feel the temperature difference on that poor little cold ear. Oh, all right. Well, we're better now. Yes, we're better. Um, so anyway, so so yes, I, I did not have coronavirus. Didn't catch it at CPAC, but uh, had a little bit of a concern, and uh, you know, obviously, we have seen just in the past few days some. Yeah, you know, I, I think I was it Sunday night that I said, you know, the next couple of months are just going to be crazy. I don't know exactly yeah. what's going to happen, but you it's just going to be really weird. Times, yeah, right. And we do. I mean, we've now seen you know an entire nation uh, basically uh, say, "Don't leave your home." Well, that's uh, really, first. It was China. Now it's Italy. Yeah, but it wasn't all of China. I mean, it was basically all of Wuhan province, but oh, it wasn't the okay. entire country. There were there were a lot of restrictions put in place. Um, but it wasn't like the whole country was on oh, lockdown. Oh, okay. But and that's probably a bigger area than Italy. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I wonder. I, I just wonder. But yeah, um, the whole town, the whole town, the whole, you know, no no going out, no doing this, no doing that. They're like still playing sports, but nobody's allowed to go watch them. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are they going to do? Hose the players down with antibiotics? I guess, you know, what do you, they're going to sweat on each other. Right. I know. I know. I mean, what happens the first time a, a soccer star, you know, comes down with the virus, right? Or here football. At, in the United States, I mean, we've got, we're in the middle of basketball, um, hockey, baseball Colleges, starts yeah. in about a month, right? It's March Madness. So yeah. you got a lot of sporting events. And out in California, they're already uh, Santa Clara County, which is where the San Jose Sharks play in the NHL. They've banned gatherings of over a thousand people. So the Sharks can't have, I guess, any more than a thousand fans of their game. Uh, probably won't have any fans at the game. Uh, San Francisco, they're pressuring the Golden State Warriors basketball team to do the same thing. And I think this is this might actually be dated. This is why I don't want to talk a lot about specifics about what's happening because things are happening so, so quickly. quickly. And so crazy. Uh, by the time you listen to this, the NBA may very well have announced a policy of playing games without actually allowing the fans inside. Uh, yeah. For the rest of the season or for the next couple of months, you've got colleges that are canceling classes or moving online. Uh, you know, we're in a very interesting time. Interesting time. This is and, and listen, I want to make sure this is not a time to panic. You don't hear Missy yeah. and I, you know, freaking out. We're in for a, a couple of very weird months and we're going to get through it. Yes. Um, you know, we'll get through it better if we don't freak out and if we don't all panic. Yeah. And unfortunately... Or spread gossip or, you know, listen to the media who are trying to make everybody all hyped up about how horrible it is because, you know, the for some strange reason, their little kids, children seem to be pretty much immune. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking about this earlier. I was like, I wonder if it's because they're so close to having all the all updated on vaccinations and their little Petri dishes to begin with right. that... Nothing could probably make them sick, and this isn't really a big deal to people who aren't in who are in good health. Right. This, for the most part, like you said, you get a fever, lasts for eight hours, breaks. You get the cough, you get tired, you get the aches and pains. Yeah, and I don't know. There's don't no know. diarrhea or vomiting like the flu. Right. Now, now, as far as the fever goes, there was one guy 
well, who most, caught it, who talked about having a fever for about eight hours. It could last longer for other people. I've, I don't know. And I've read other stories where the one guy on the cruise ship, yeah, he's like he had a fever when he broke after three and a half hours. You know, yeah. so same th- and but same thing. So it's like it lasts different for different people, but it's like the older you get, the more the higher the mortality rate increases, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, well, and and two, the other problem is, so yes, as you get older, you're right, the mortality rate increases, but also the mortality rate increases if the hospital system gets overwhelmed. So like yeah. uh, as of Tuesday night in Italy, there were. 10,400 some odd cases that have been reported, 600 and something deaths, which is 6% mortality of those reported cases, right? Now, you know that there are unreported cases, so the mortality rate is actually going to be lower than 6%. Right, because there's a lot more people that are probably infected. Right. However, it's still higher than it was in China. And part of that's because the hospital system has been overwhelmed there to the point that they're at like 200% capacity. Wow. Um, there was a report I saw from an Italian doctor who basically said that people are just being, it, it's not even, it's beyond triage. If you're over the age of 65 and you go into cardiac arrest because of, and you've got this virus, they're not, they're not doing anything. They're not trying to stop it. They're not trying to revive you. If you have any sort of underlying health issue, um, and you go into cardiac arrest, they're not, you're, 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 you're so far down on the list of people they're trying to save that they're not even getting to attempt to save you. Do not go to Italy. Well, but there's <laughs> well, a lot of, you can't go to Italy anyway. There's a lot of concern again that, you know, that's what's going to happen. That That's a worst case scenario here would be our hospital system getting overwhelmed, right? Yeah. We've got about 50,000 ICU beds. We can double that if need be, um, but we're usually running at about sixty to seventy percent capacity. Anyway, oh, right, where we live nationwide. Or nationwide, okay. nationwide. Well, okay. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about rural hospitals because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go enough. to Richmond or Charlottesville. We're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. you know, we're not going to we're not going to Farmville. Farmville no. will be hosed. There was this. This will be a little side digression, but. Uh, there's a, a, a series on Netflix that just came out actually like in January called Pandemic. Uh, and it's 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 worth watching. It's really good. But one of the people that they follow, it's a documentary. And one of the people they follow is this doctor who is the only doctor on call uh, when she's working at this rural hospital in Oklahoma. And she's it's like her and maybe two or three nurses. And that's it. And she was working 72 hour shifts. Uh, because they just didn't have the, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, right. And so, like watching that, you're like, okay, yeah, rural healthcare is, is again, it's going to be really low on the totem pole, and you know, in terms of need and in terms of what people get. So, we'll be going to Charlottesville if we actually need healthcare. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but if we do need to get you treated, we'll be going to UVA over, uh, you know, yeah. Farmville General. Yeah. So, it's. Um, <clears throat> You know, again, it's 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 an interesting time yeah. uh, to be alive. So look that up, by the way, because we couldn't tell. It was like supposedly it's like an Irish blessing slash curse. I thought it was a Chinese saying. Chinese slashing slash. It's not anything. It's not anything. No, it's some miss. Um, I looked it up. Citations galore. It's some miss. Uh, interpretation of what an English person thought somebody who was in China said. <laughs> 
and it's attributed to a chamberlain. May you live in interesting times. May you live in interesting times. Okay. And, you know, he attributed it to being a Chinese curse, but there's no such curse in all of, (laughs) or blessing in no combination of those words ever existed in China at the time. Oh, really? Um, But it was like something paraphrased and something worse, but because it went to English, it was like badly translated. So it's funny. It's like, but that's not, it's not from anywhere except for a Chamberlain. And I guess Arthur Chamberlain maybe back. Uh But yeah, and then it was passed down as... This person saying it was from China because, you know, he knew an English guy who was in China at the time. Wow. So, yeah, it's just one of those famous quotes that's not really attributed to anybody. Yeah, I guess now instead of saying, you know, remember that ancient Chinese curse, I'll have to no, say, remember that misappropriated <laughs> phrase, right? That right. really wasn't an ancient Chinese curse, but <laughs> well, was instead a misinterpretation of an English. Yeah, that's, that's too confusing. It's still a curse. It's not, you know, it, may you oh, live in interesting curse. times is totally a curse. It is not a blessing. It, it, could be an, it could be a blessing, but, and like, may you live an interesting life. I'm pretty sure that's not necessarily a blessing either. I'm pretty sure if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, you know what? It's already been really interesting. And some of it is not, you know, necessarily the greatest interesting. So maybe not interesting life. So Yeah, maybe. maybe I don't know. I think interesting life is better than interesting times for some reason. I would take, I would take may you live an interesting life as less of an insult <laughs> Then may you live in interesting times. I was just like, how about just me live a good life? Well, there you go. That's good enough. Yes. You've been living a pretty good life this week, I think. Yeah. Right? We got our seeds planted for the most part. We did. Uh, well, we, we got a good start. We got five different types. Well, more than five different types of hot peppers, but we had five different seed packets. The fifth one has a five variety mix. Mm. So what's that in math? Uh, nine types of hot peppers planted. <laughs> Um, and then we planted uh, almost that many tomatoes. So was it uh, I think twelve? It, I think it was nine. I think it was nine because it was yeah. It was two cherries. It was or three cherries. It was two slicers and it was four pastes. Okay, paste and canning. So I'm excited because we're trying two. I think of the paste and cannings are determinate. Right. Which, which means they'll go all at the same time. So we mm-hmm. need to remember to put them in this. Actually, it doesn't matter what bed they go into. I just like to put the paste all in one bed so I don't remember which are not the versus the slicers. Yeah. The cherries, they can go any place because you can tell them apart from anybody. Right. But yeah, I'm excited too because this is the first time. Generally, we've, we've gone with indeterminate uh, because we like to have stuff all year round or like all, all growing season, not all right. year round. But you... You had that realization of well, duh. It'd be really. I don't good. want to can and drip and drabs and put stuff in the freezer and wait till it you know all accumulates. I'd rather just have. I'm still going to do it. The San Marzanos are indeterminate. The Heinz I think are determinate. Another one is a semi. Right, which, which we'll is see. like yeah, okay. I know, right. Um, so I'll still have a long growing season, but I'll also have like one big yaw. So I'll be able to get a bunch done at one time. And then I'll start to, you know, maybe what I'll do is with all, when I get all the one type done, I'll can them all as whole tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And as the rest come in, I'll peel them and throw them in the freezer so that later I can make a big batch of sauce all at once. But the the cool thing is, is I did wash them all and I put them, I put the the paste tomatoes in a single layer on a cookie sheet and put them in our deep freezer so they would freeze solid that way. Mm -hmm. And then I put them in big plastic bags. When I need them, when I go to defrost them, they're so they've expanded and contracted because of all the water molecules have frozen and then defrosted mm-hmm. that they pretty much just pop out of the skins. 
Oh, nice. And then if you just leave, leave them over a colander, you can get rid of some of the extra water, and then you have a nicer, more concentrated sauce. That's what I've been doing with the tomatoes. Oh, cool. Yeah. It worked out when we had the tomato and um, the spaghetti and meat sauce the other night. Yeah. That homemade sauce, that's what I did with those oh, tomatoes. Okay. Oh, okay. That was really good. It was really good. Um, so, yeah. So, we, we felt pretty good about that. We've got uh, the stuff that we're going to plant in place, the cucumbers and carrots and stuff like that. We are thinking about... Uh, raised beds again for for those, but we're going to build the raised beds. We've got some of our old well, kitchen floor, yeah. the, the the beams that uh, were not completely rotted, right? Right, uh, and then we've got a couple of old poles that have just been literally lying next to our our cabin, our feed shed in the cabin. Yeah, since we've moved, since we moved here seven years ago, um, and so we're going to build a couple of raised beds. At least one big long trough, maybe two. Maybe depends on how sturdy size. it seems. Right. But it'll be a lot easier if we didn't have to cut some of those long beams up and yeah. just made two like long sides, but right. not made it, but like maybe two feet, three feet deep. Yeah. And maybe the 10 feet long. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the plan with the difference, because we have beams and then we have logs. So what the, the deal is, is we're going to cut the logs to the height that we want the raised garden bed to be. And then we're going to use that as the nailing point for the side post. So it doesn't have to be too terribly square. It's not going to be, but at least it, no, it's... it's definitely be, homemade looking. It's, it's very you homemade know. <laughs> looking. It's sturdy and it works. We have three that are next to your office that we actually moved because mm -hmm. I first put them outside the kitchen not realizing that the side that side of the house doesn't get any sun whatsoever so that we moved them off to your side of the and so far the only thing that's done really well in them are marigolds so I think this year we decided we were going to try uh, herbs in those beds right I think it's, you are correct because it gets yeah. it gets partial sun and shade and I think that would be good for herbs probably herbs and lettuce I think would grow yeah would go well but there. They, same kind of lighting conditions yeah um, the carrots didn't do well now um, they need full sun, and that wouldn't get the beets sun. did okay. But the problem with with beets is, they're first of all the seeds are so small. Uh, but then now carrots are the ones with the super tiny seeds. Beets are the ones that have the the clusters, they're almost like the clusters, so small. and right. they soak them. You soak them yeah. in water. So yes, yeah. you, there's no way to tell how many little seedlings are going to right. pop up. So you have to constantly thin. But we had. So we've got these, the, the three beds that Missy just described are, are not big, long troughs. They're more... Three by three? Mm, no, two by two. Okay, two by two. Uh, two by two squares. And then... And they're, and they're, and they're high, yeah, right. They're pretty high up, but they're not very big. And originally they were uh, cold frame boxes for lettuce. And they were, they, they were great for that purpose. Yeah, because we just had a little bit of soil on the bottom and then the glass top fit over and yeah. so that the warm... But and you again, could reseed it, right? And so you could go out and you could pick some lettuce But it just and wasn't working because there still wasn't enough sun in that part of the garden. Right. So the beets did fine, but we probably should have used all three boxes for just beets because right. you didn't get a whole lot. No, you don't. Um, and so we had, you know, one thing of beets and then two of carrots. Well, that's why we should have the long troughs and do one that's just all, um, like we can do probably half carrots. Uh-huh. And then see what comes up in places and thin out and then, you know, fill in spots where they're not going to take. Right. And then the same, and then fill in the other side with beets. Because honestly, honey, how, we, do, we haven't really, we don't really eat beets. You know, the first year that we grew beets, we, we ate them a lot. We, we roasted did. them. We had beet green salad. That's true. Uh, I guess the, I got lazy. The roasted beet and goat cheese. Yeah, that's true. That's that was really yummy. That's really yummy with okay. the walnuts, yeah, right, yeah. and the honey. And I forget. I yeah, forget. No, and we're gonna have, I never forget the stuff you make. And we're going to have three girls in milk. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're prepared oh, for the uh, Corona apocalypse. Oh yeah. Uh, and then we can always eat the boys if we run out of meat. I but mean, really. I did take an, an inventory and I took everything and I reorganized the freezer and I'm feeling like yes. And I also have to sit down and do some. I told you we need to sit down and do some meal planning so mm-hmm. we can you know s- figure out what's in there and look at the meals that we want to make. Because that was what I did uh, after I cleaned it out. It was like. <gasps> I have several pork bellies in here. <laughs> so last night's dinner was the slow roasted pork belly with that was sliced and then served on homemade steamed bao buns that I made like oversized. So it was a nice big yeah. sandwich. And then I made a coleslaw with Fuji apple, cabbage, carrots, and thinly sliced Vidalia onion. Mm-hmm. And the recipes are on the Facebook page. Okay, Corny Goat Farm on Facebook. Yep, Corny Goat Farm at Facebook. Um, there's one for the bow, and then there's one for the the pork with the slaw. And, oh, that was bleeping delicious. That was like, and somebody made a yeah. comment on one of my pictures. I said, he's, I just paid $25 for that same dinner. <laughs> and I said, well, it didn't cost me. This is one of our hogs. So there we go. Yeah, it was so, so good. <sighs> I grabbed an extra piece of belly, just an end piece. I was like, can I have it? Because I wanted to take an Instagram picture and make it look all pretty. But then I was like, I also want an extra piece of the pork belly. And it was really good. But there was like a, just a little tiny bit left. And it was kind of the fatty end. Mm. And I gave it to Zelda. Actually, I had like two pieces, like little morsel size. Gave one piece to Zelda. And you know how her, she does the mouth thing? Oh, like, her whole bottom jaw just like quivers, quivers. like yeah. crazily when you she gives <laughs> when you give her something seriously tasty. Her bottom jaw just like it's almost like it vibrates. It's like, and and normally, so what happens is you know you give her a little taste of something and, and her mouth goes just bonkers, and then you give her another little piece and those will kind of settle down. So I gave her one little piece, her mouth goes bonkers. I gave her another little piece. Nope, she was just still going bonkers. She didn't, <laughs> it was just the best thing she'd ever tasted ever in her life. She was, oh, she liked that so much. So. The nice thing about that recipe, though, it's like completely set it and forget it. Because yeah. it's a big fatty pork belly. Mm-hmm. And I just, you score it and you just you totally rub it all over with salt and pepper mm-hmm. and put it in the oven for a couple hours at 250. It's not until the towards the very end where you raise up the heat and then you baste it with the fat so the top gets all nice and crunchy too. Yeah, yeah. That's when you have to pay a little bit more attention. Okay. But and the bow, it's a yeast dough. You know, it's yeah. work, but it's so worth it. So if you oh, got to make amazing. one the night before, then do the pork belly the night before, and then slice it. So when you get ready to service, just warm up the slices on a in a in a skillet. Okay, that makes sense. Because they're fatty enough. Yeah. And that way, and you're cutting them, what did I cut it about, what's how, how big is that, like a half an inch thick? Yeah. Probably cut them into like half inch thick slices. So you get a nice big thick, you mm-hmm. know, thick, super thick cut bacon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when you, you know, warm them back up in a skillet and put them back in a bow, and then you can throw, you can make them fresh. Or what I recommend is if, make the whole batch, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Then you freeze what you don't use. Next time around, you just have to steam them for a couple of seconds couple of minutes and you have fresh bow and you know so you've worked one big long time but you've gotten two dinners out of it voila there voila. you go so if you want more uh, recipe tips you can get them uh on facebook again at corny goat farm uh also you if you just can't get enough of us yakking and yammering away uh you can become a Patron, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash cam edwards and uh, you can sign up you get access to our bonus behind the scenes 
Uh, no holds barred. Miss E says bad words podcast. Yay, I get to cuss. <laughs> and uh, and again, we have the Corny Goat Kitchen, which is up uh, on YouTube. If you look for Corny Goat Farm on YouTube, right now we have one video up. We were going to do another one this past weekend, but I was just feeling kind of crummy, and then we yeah. had all the outside stuff to do. So uh, we will get back to that. I want to before. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, make sure that Missy e, uh, shows us how to make Irish soda bread as well as Irish potato candies, yep. which is like the only thing that I like with coconut in it. You like seven layer bars with coconut in it. I like seven layer bars without coconut in it much better. I know. And I make them for you like you that, do. but you will eat them if there are, is coconut. I will, okay. but I like the potato candies. Yeah. It's just some weird thing, but I, we, they used to sell them in the candy stores in New Jersey when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I started making them when I went to camp, uh, when we moved to Oklahoma, cause I was, I would feel homesick. <laughs> right. So a, uh, a special shout out as well to our friend, Mark in Louisiana. Uh, and his rescue donkey, Rosalita. Rosalita. I thought that was awesome. He, she is already uh, patrolling for coyotes, and she's uh, she's getting fixed up. She looks like her last owner didn't really take care of her. But, yeah, and uh, apparently she was uh, on her way to be, uh, quote-unquote, uh, I guess food, dog right? food yeah. Yeah, or something, poor yeah. thing. But she, well, poor thing, but she lucked out. She, she did. A, she totally a, a lucked good out. forever home. So we want to hear from you as well. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. You want to tell us what's going on in your world? We uh, would love to share your advice adventures uh and and i do have a specific question uh for this week and that really is simply what are you doing to get prepared uh are you doing anything to get prepared are you already prepared so you don't have to do anything i've been uh, baking and i pretty much was prepared yes yeah. i'm like that yeah so we're pretty good we're in pretty good shape i i think that's yeah i think that's the case um i keep I'm not used to thinking that way. So I've been going back and like, okay, well, what about this? No, we're actually, okay, we're pretty good with that. Okay, well, what about that? Uh, got enough Band-Aids? Do we have enough new oh, yeah. Sporin? We got, yep. uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, I just restocked the Bactine and uh, motion sickness pills. And um, we have a brand new thermometer that you can go on your forehead and in your ear. Oh. So it's not so invasive. All bunch of Band-Aids. The uh, um, antibiotic ornament that I can use as well as everyone else because I am I react to Neosporin. Mm-hmm. I didn't find that out until I had a reaction on my bleeping um, oh, port. port surgery. My skin was just, it wasn't doing what it was yeah. supposed to. It was like all kind of grody. Turned out I was just reacting to the effing oh. neosporin that I was putting on. Okay. So I got a prescription, but it's an antibiotic that everybody can use. All right, well, listen, you're, we better go because you're starting to slip up here. Yeah, so, and uh, I got to go check on my cake. <laughs> all right. Oh, and, and one more philosophical question uh, for you out there as well to answer via email. Are you more worried about the virus or are you more worried about people panicking? about the virus what what's what's your bigger concern right now 40 acre fool at gmail.com is the email address uh you can follow missy on instagram at corny goat farm you can visit her craft store on etsy at corny goat crafts again the uh, youtube corny goat farm patreon we're going to give you a curveball here patreon.com slash cam edwards and at cam edwards on twitter at cam edwards on instagram we're not very imaginative, but that's kind of good because it's a lot easier to keep track of stuff. Yeah. 
it's either corny goat farm, maybe a corny goat craft. Yeah. <laughs> And, and a couple Cam of Cam Edwards, Edwards yeah. and a pear tree. <laughs> now, well, listen, uh, have, a, a pear tree, right? have a great week. Uh, be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. Make stuff and wash your hands. We'll see you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 